0: Amen. I love that as a a church we can uh, pray for each other and support one another. And I do pray that you would lift up uh, these families uh, in your prayers as they battle this terrible disease. But we do trust God in all things, that he is with us and guiding us. And that brings me peace. But we've been spending the whole summer counting down 10 to 1, the Ten Commandments of God. And today, we are on the fourth word, the fourth commandment of God for us. And if you've been here all summer, you'll quickly notice that this this fourth word is a little different from some of the other words that we've had. First, you'll notice it's a little bit longer commandment. It's uh, verses 8 through 11, four verses. You know, Some of the other commandments, don't kill, don't commit adultery, don't uh, bear false witness, don't covet, pretty straightforward, succinct, but not this one. Uh, This commandment starts out the same, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. But then it goes on for three more verses. It's almost like God is telling us, those other commandments, they're pretty straightforward, but you're going to need help with this one. Uh, Yes, we are going to need help with this Commandment. So I'm going to reread this word for us again. Again, we're in Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, Or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. See, the reason we're told in Exodus to keep the Sabbath is because God did his work in six days and rested on the seventh. In a sense, if it's good enough for God, it's good enough for us. If it's good enough for the creator of the world, it's good enough for us. It is a day set apart. It is divine, it is holy, and we should also make it holy. Now, we've talked about this before over the summer, but the Ten Commandments are found in another book of our Bible as well. Remember what book it's also in? Deuteronomy, that's right. When's the last time you read Deuteronomy? It's too long, come on. So we read the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. It's also found in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Now, in Deuteronomy, it's interesting because we're given another reason to keep the Sabbath. they're not exactly the same. It has a different context and feel. So I'm gonna read the Deuteronomy text, Deuteronomy 5, 12 through 15. It says this, "'Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy "'as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, "'but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. "'You shall not do any work. "'You or your son or your daughter, "'your male or female slave, "'your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock "'or the resident aliens in your town, "'so that your male and female slave "'may rest as well as you.'" Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Isn't that cool? I think this is exciting stuff. I love this stuff. So I want us to take a a moment and just, again, step back in time to the day that the Israelites Are there as they're receiving these words from God. And and maybe we can see how all these fit together. So, again, we journey back around the mountain of Mount Sinai. We, these former slaves, the people of God who have just escaped from slavery in Egypt. And you can imagine the mixture of emotions, it's overwhelming. Some of you have had those experiences in life where you are just absolutely overwhelmed and you're not sure if you want to uh, cry or shout out in joy. Uh, You don't really know who you are. The, The nation has lived in slavery for 400 years. Their whole existence has been slavery. They have a slave mentality. They don't know who they are. They don't know whose they are. They have always been told what to do and when to do it and how to do it. They have had a brutal existence. And for the first time in their lifetime, they are being invited into a relationship with Almighty God who has shown them their, his power. Now, this people, these Israelites, they have had these stories of God. They have been passed down from generation to generation of how God had revealed himself to their ancestor, Abraham, and then to his son, Isaac, and then to his son, Jacob, and to his son, Joseph. But that was an eternity ago. They're going to have to relearn who they are and whose they are, and this is not easy work. It is not easy to get out of yourself that slave mentality. And so God invites them to a relationship with him. And then that's when he gives them these 10 words. And reveals these 10 words to them. And you remember how those words were, were written on stone. And we talked about how there were five on each stone. And as we get to this Sabbath, can you imagine a people in slavery who had never had a day of rest. And God calling them to a day of rest. And so God is inviting in these 10 words, they are an invitation to life. We've said it over and over again. These 10 commandments, these 10 words, they're not meant to enslave the people again, but to teach them what it means to live as free people. This is glorious stuff. This is cool. That's what I want us to, to truly understand this morning. The Sabbath is a gift for us. The Sabbath is a gift of God to us. We need the Sabbath. But for us to do that, we're going to have to know what the Sabbath is. So here's some basics about the Sabbath. The word itself, Sabbath, it, it, it means to intermission or to cease or to rest. It means to quit what we would call wasting time. And in our Exodus text, we read the reason we keep the Sabbath is because of the creation work of God. And for us to understand Sabbath, we have to understand our Bible and especially the creation rhythm that God has given us from Genesis, the first book of the Bible. Sabbath is the seventh day and the final day of creation in which God created the world. So Genesis one, we have two creation stories, Genesis one and Genesis two. In Genesis one, we are given this image. And I believe that this creation story was actually brought down, uh, told to Moses and brought down to the people of God so that they could understand how they were created and who they are, that they are a new people. But I want us to look at this uh, creation text for just a moment from Genesis 1, 31 through 2, 3. It's the end of the creation cycle. It says this, God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished in all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. I love that text. I absolutely love it. It it, it says in the text, if we're paying attention, it was evening and there was morning. That's the rhythm from day one to day seven. There was evening and morning. That's the rhythm of the day for the Hebrew people, evening and morning, evening and morning, evening and morning. For the Jewish people, the the day began in the evening. That's when the day began. You know, it's not really the way we kinda look at our day. Our day begins in the morning, typically, with an alarm clock, right? Uh, going off as we rush off to work or wherever we're going, whatever the day has for us. And it, and it oftentimes ends hours after dark. And we sometimes try to steal some sleep in between there. But the Hebrew people had a very different rhythm of life. So I, I want us to kind of use our godly imaginations as we look at this idea of Sabbath, because it lines up with our idea of who God is and His grace for us. Think about it evening. And morning. Evening and morning. The day begins for the Hebrew people when they get ready to sleep. The day begins with sleep. And then when we wake up in the morning, the day is already half done. God has already been at work. But this is this lines up with our Methodist theology as well. When we talk about grace, that God's grace goes before us, that God gives us, we've talked about this word, prevenient grace. It is the grace that goes before. Before we seek God, before we have anything, God's grace comes to us first. It's the same in this rhythm of Sabbath that God's grace is, hey, why don't you sleep first? I'll take care of the night. You're not in control. I'll watch over you. I'll protect you. I'll be with you. And then when the day starts, I've already been at work for you. That's how this rhythm is. That's how our life in Christ is. God does the work first, and we just wake up from, a hopefully, a good night's rest, the day already half done. God has already been working all night, working within us as we sleep, recreating us, our minds dreaming and being recreated, our bodies resting. Then we wake up to a day that God has already been active in, and we respond in faith to a world we have and had no control over. God has already begun and we join in to the covenant of the new day. That's that's the rhythm of creation. It's the rhythm of Sabbath. It's the rhythm of salvation. We respond to the grace that has already been given to us. Salvation begins with God's grace. We're asleep. We don't know him. God has been active in seeking us out and drawing us to him. Then we wake up, as it were, to the reality of God's work through Jesus Christ in us, and we respond in faith to that salvation. It's the rhythm of salvation, it's the rhythm of Sabbath. This is the way Sabbath should be. It is a rhythm that we are created to be in tune with. But but keeping the Sabbath in today's world is difficult at best. It is hard for us to stop our routines and rest. We have been brought up that we should always be doing something. We should always be creating something. And the thought of stopping for many of us is even scary. But remember the words of Jesus when he said, the Sabbath was made for you. The Sabbath was made for you. It's a gift. It's a necessary gift for us. And I can picture Jesus when he's with his disciples and with the Pharisees and they're trying to argue with him about what it means to keep the Sabbath, that he's just shaking his head. I don't, I don't think it's in anger, but in grief and sadness as he watches his people rush from one thing to another, constantly busy, never taking time to stop and slow down. And so that's from the Exodus text that we've been looking at this whole summer. But, but in Deuteronomy, we're given another reason to keep the Sabbath, and I'm gonna read it again. So, why do I keep reading these over and over again? Hopefully you'll figure them out. Here we go. Deuteronomy 5, 12 through 15. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. 6 days you shall labor and do all your work, but the 7th day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your ox, your donkey, or any of your livestock, or the resident alien in your town, so that your male and female female slave may rest as well as you. Isn't that fascinating? Now We have to understand also slavery then and what we experienced in America is completely two different things. Um, That's another conversation. But remember, here's what he says. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Here's the reasoning behind the Deuteronomy text, because the people of God were slaves for 400 years and never got a break, never had a vacation, never had a day off. As, as slaves, they were transformed from people into property, from people into machines. Sabbath was a way to restore humanity back to its humanity. So we see in these two commands, even this rhythm in Sabbath. In Exodus, we see it's holy and divine. In Deuteronomy, we, we see that it's holy and divine, but it's a time to take off from work. So in a sense, we have this rhythm of, of pray and play and pray and play and pray and play. Exodus directs us to remember who God is and reflect on his goodness. And Deuteronomy directs us to take time off from work that is always there. Work is always there. So in Sabbath, we see this rhythm of both pray and play. Both are important and we need both. It's not an either or, rather it's a both and, pray and play. And remember, always remember, what, what did Jesus say? The Sabbath was made for, for us, for us. So how do we keep a holy Sabbath today? What should a Sabbath day look like? It's a good question. Let me tell you the answer, you Ready? I don't know. Why? Because we live in a time of slavery. We live in a nation, we live in a time that we are broken and we're not truly free. And because of that, it is hard to keep Sabbath. It is very difficult. There are really no set rules for us to follow. In fact, if you remember Jesus, when he's interacting with the religious leaders, he, he gets frustrated with them all the time because they try to set too many rules. And because our world is so broken today, I'm not sure we can truly keep a holy Sabbath. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. That doesn't mean we shouldn't really be pursuing that. But I want you to hear that. Just because it's hard doesn't mean we don't try. We don't do it. We should be intentionally pursuing this, just like we we have been talking about intentionally pursuing all of these. We have to intentionally pursue this. Here's the fascinating part about rest. Sabbath keeping is tough work in our world because the reality is the world will do everything in its power to keep you from slowing down. To keep a Sabbath is going to require work on your part and some careful planning, and some intentionality on your part. But here's my prayer. My prayer is that Sabbath keeping becomes a joy to your spirit, a delight, a rhythm that you look forward to every week with longing and hope. So let me give you some thoughts and ideas that might help you as you try to keep a Sabbath. Now the ideal is that you would work five days a week at a paying job, You'd have one day where you work at home, laundry, projects around the house, shopping, mowing, cleaning, etc. And then one day for a Sabbath. Now you're going to have to make some difficult decisions about work and athletics and church and community activities if you're going to be able to do this. And I know some of you work six days a week and I know some of you work shift work that changes all the time. So this is where it becomes a challenge and it becomes Important that you intentionally work at it. But that is the biblical model. Six days a week you shall work, one day you rest. Pray and play. Now, for the Jews, just this is just an aside. Sabbath is Friday night till Saturday night. And, and it starts with a meal. Now, I don't know about you. I like that idea. I like starting something with a meal. That's good. Let's start Sabbath with a meal, with a celebration. And that's, that's how they start Sabbath. We're gonna to come together and eat, I'm all in. Remember, it's, it's the evening and morning. Now Christians have the tradition that our Sabbath is on Sunday. Now why did Christians change it from Saturday to Sunday? Because Jesus was resurrected on Sunday. And so for the Christian in the early church, they said we're shifting that from Saturday to Sunday because every Sunday is Easter. Every Sunday is a resurrection. So as we come this morning, I remind you that have cancer, that are dealing with illness. Every Sunday is a resurrection. That's how you approach church on Sunday morning. That's how you should approach. In the midst of this death and decaying body, I get to experience resurrection. Amen? Amen. So. That's why the church shifted it from Saturday to Sunday because Jesus rose on Sunday. So every Sunday when we gather to worship, we're celebrating the fact that Jesus rose from the grave. We're proclaiming resurrection. However, I don't think it really matters specifically what day to use. But it's ideal to have a day. And it's ideal if it's the same day every week. Now I know some of you can't do that. But I would recommend, if possible, that you follow that evening and morning rhythm if you can. It's not necessary, but I like the rhythm. Why? Because I like to eat. I'm going to start with a meal. Let's start with a meal. I like that. I like that idea. So if you want to do that, but if you follow that rhythm, then you would begin your Sabbath at dinner time on one night and end it with dinner the following night. Again, it's up to you. And I always keep in mind the Sabbath was made for you. So many times people ask me, what can I do this on my Sabbath? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know you. Because for some people, they would say, could I mow the lawn on my Sabbath? Now, here's the question I would ask. Does mowing the lawn recreate you? I mean, when you do that, do you have this sense of joy and excitement? If you do, then I would say, go for it. For me, mowing the lawn, no. No, 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 a thousand times no, that is not Sabbath. That is work. And for you people who like that, God bless you. Come on my yard. Uh, In fact, when I got here eight years ago, the church said that the church mowed the parsonage lawn. I sold my lawnmower that week. I was like, (laughs) you're not going back on that one. Uh, But remember that the Sabbath was made for you. And so many of us, I think, are afraid to truly Sabbath because we think we have too much work to do. That's, that's placing too much importance on ourselves. It's not humbling ourselves. We think that if we stop, we're, gonna, we're being lazy. Some of us are brought up that way. But the reality is, if we don't Sabbath, we are slaves to our work. God has given us the Sabbath so that we are no longer Slaves. For only free people can rest. And how often we jump back into slavery. Because we don't know how to rest. Sabbath frees us from slavery. Sabbath frees us to learn to live in faith that God is in control and that God will watch over us. Sabbath humbles ourselves because we know know that God, God will take care of us even though we're not working. Sabbath increases our faith and our reliance on God and I want us to truly try and fall in love with Sabbath but to do that we have to actually try it and and if you're in a family you're going to have to work together as a family and and here's what's going to happen is you're going to argue about it we're human but you, you, it still takes work and but let me give you some pointers as we take some first steps at keeping this sacred rhythm uh, and I've taken these thoughts directly from Ruth Haley Barton's excellent book, Sacred Rhythms. One, remember we're, we're to cease from work. Everything we do in that day should fit into this idea that we are not working. That means you might have to turn off your computer, your cell phone. Second, uh, we need to try to have the same day of the week each week, if possible, if your schedule will allow it. Third, Sabbath keeping isn't meant to be done alone, it's done in community. You gather together at the table to eat. There are times when you might be alone, but it, it's, it's a family, it's a community thing with your spouse and children. Now, it doesn't mean you do everything together, but it does mean that you're intentional about having them involved in your Sabbath practice. So here's a list of things to do and not do on your Sabbath. Here's the not do. You can, keep, you can write these down in your bulletin as well. Here, number one, not do. You ready, next slide, work. Duh, I've been saying that. Number two, if possible, we shouldn't be buying and selling things, but, but just kind of being together. Third, worry. This one's hard. It is a designated day to rest, so try to keep things off your mind and off your to-do lists. What you should be doing. One, rest the body. I'm giving you permission to take a nap. Amen, yeah. Whew. Sit on the porch, sit in a hammock, take a leisurely walk, kick back in the lazy boy, watch NASCAR, That's, that means I'm taking a nap. <laughs> Whatever you like to do, rest. Ideally, there's, there's really no dieting on the Sabbath either. Yeah, this is good stuff. Rest the body. Second, pray. Do something that connects you to God. See, because this is what Sabbath is doing. It's connecting you to God. And so if if your Sabbath is Sunday, then this is a part of Sabbath. It's gathering together as a community to worship, to thank God for the resurrection, to be recreated. And third is play. What do you like to do? What do you like to play? Do that. It's okay, I'm giving you permission. This is Sabbath. And, and, And I'm gonna leave you this morning with the words of Jesus. The Sabbath was made for you. How cool is that? Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for this day where we can come and be reminded that you have given us the gift of rest. In Jesus' name, amen.